When did it stop being fun? Jesus came to give us life abundant. Somewhere along the way, religiosity has squashed the joy of the relationship Jesus intended. Welcome to The Easy Wife, a podcast of grace and the promises of the new covenant. Two sisters, one savior, and a wealth of fun. Hi, I'm Jamie Amarine, and this is my sister, Stacy Todd. Hello. And this is Season 3, Episode 5, The Worried Wife, which we're going to be able to just go on <laughs> blow, through <laughs> blow through this one. Y'all just be shocked and horrified. And um, we are recording at KGN Studios here in Abilene, Texas, and we're so grateful for this professional studio space. Yes, and, and Abilene FM 88.1, life-changing music. You can also find them on Facebook, and we'll include the links in our notes. So, we sound pretty good. Although, my voice is trashed, and I will confess that is because I was not glutened so much as... It's not called glutened. If that happens to you on accident, this is when <laughs> you... you sh- yourself? <laughs> this is when you eat wheat on purpose, and then you go into anaphylactic shock. That's the sound that you're you hearing. You should with. make a name for that. I was jamified. I won out over myself. So thank you to KGNZ, life-changing music, for letting us come and record. And also, don't forget to check out our Rodan and Fields Consulting, easywife.myrnf.com, where you can find great deals on great skincare and lash products and just in general. I know. Your lashes look great. So do you sound horrible. Thank you. Um, We always talk about our lashes, but I do... Have you noticed... um, Maggie's skin and Sophie's skin look great. They really and are. I have used the unblemish. I just get moderate. I mean, they're not moderate to me because I'm 42. No, but breakouts. your skin looks great. And I, I switch out the unblemish for breakouts. And then I use the reverse for past breakouts where I have scarring because I'm very fair skinned. And I am blown away at how quickly that unblemish works. I can use it twice mm-hmm. and my and it clears up a breakout. So. This is odd, and nobody can see this, but I didn't know you had a dimple in your chin. Are you sure that's not like a... No, I'm positive. When you're talking, you can see a dimple in your chin that I've never seen before, and I swear it's because, you know, for a while you had the scarring and stuff. Oh, man. And it's completely gone, but I noticed it today we were like having a, coffee. I was I like, I have a butt heck? chin? It's not a butt, because it's not like Justin's or Sam's. It's just over to one side sometimes when you make a face. It's just a cute little dimple. Hmm, that's... But I had never noticed it until today. And I spend a lot of time looking at your face. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're looking at you now. (laughs) So strange. But yeah, no, I love it. And I use the, what do I use? Redefine? Yeah. And and I use the little beads, you know, that have the the oil. Oh my gosh. Those things are amazing. They are. But I was using the roller. What's the roller called? The The amp roller. Yeah, I use that too. It's awesome. And Justin came in and he goes, are you shaving? (laughs) I was like... No. Go away, please. I hate you. Go away. So, anyway, so today's, so if you want to learn anything about those products, you can email us at theeasywife at gmail.com or you can just go to easywife, not the easywife, easywife.myrndf.com. But those are also included in our show notes. So, today's episode is called The Worried Wife. Justin and I have been married for 25 years, and 24 of that, I was hysterical and worried. <laughs> And he's still married to me, so there's that. But um, I really he's a little bit of a worrier too, though. So he's pretty intense, dude. He is a pretty intense dude. But no I have, offense. I have to no, no, none taken. Um, and he unless he listens, and then he might call you and go, "Hey, why would you say that about me? I'm worried about this. <laughs> I'm worried that you think I worry a lot." <laughs> 
have love him. He, but he, um, you know, finances, definitely. Uh, that always it's is. It's a weight on him. That's a weight. Well, it's a weight on, but I'm not actually just speaking to us now. So we can move away from poor Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I meant in general. Yeah. In yeah. general. Oh, okay, sorry. All of us. Yeah. yeah. Me too. <laughs> let's, let's not pick on Justin. Well, for that's those a of- tough one, too, because, I mean, that's the... This is the area that I have really had to grow in my faith was with finances because it feels like if you're not worrying about it, that you're being irresponsible. Yeah, that you're just and and actually going back to Justin, that's what he always says. You expect me to do nothing? And he's been self-employed since he was 12. So. Yes. Uh, this is what I do. Yeah. I, this I is how I spend no my time. Way. I know no other way than to go hunt and gather. So to tell a man God, that you're, you're not supposed to worry. Right. And honestly... That has been a big thing with Dean and I is where I've said, I know you think you're providing our family, but actually it's not you, it's God. (laughs) So you can take that weight off of you. I mean, you're made as a man to work and provide, and that's part of who you are. As a matter of fact, before sin entered the world, that was enjoyable to men. And I think it still can be enjoyable, especially if you go back to the faith part of it where you're letting God provide and you're doing work you enjoy. Yes. And we've just owning our own business and putting a lot of faith in that in the last, in God, in that in the last five years. We have, I sometimes say that Jesus personally signs our paychecks because we literally always our paycheck came from Jesus. We just didn't know it until now. Like we, there were times where we had no idea how we were going to get paid or how we were going to do. And he always provided. And it was almost like, you know. Um, I mean, every time it was so amazing. He just took us through this period of time. We were like, okay, do you trust me? Yeah. And, and it's still hard. I mean, we're still kind of doing it. It's been a little better, but it has been a huge, huge area of growth in our faith with finances. And I'm still growing. I still need some growth. (laughs) Well, and I think that for women, and it's what I won't speak for all women, but for me, because I am able to for the most part, hear a scenario or be in a scenario and and fully go, okay, Jesus, I I give up. I have no solution to this. But it's harder because it feels one-sided. And right. for years, the, my belief was that if I was doing that, that was fine. But if Justin was doing it, then God was going to just keep, you know— Peeling away, peeling away at us until there was nothing left and there would literally be nothing left and we'd be desolate and ruined and there'd be no groceries. And that has never happened. Now, I know that there's people in a lot more dire situations, um, but I, and so I'm not belittling that by any means, but I mean, we've been, we've been in hard places. Yeah. And the, I, I've said to Justin the other day, something was going on and it wasn't actually dire like that but it was a situation that needed some attention and he kept giving me these scenarios and I was like none of those feel right to me right. like can you just this weekend because I think it was like a Friday afternoon and he was you know he was like well I just wanted to run it by you and I was like but can you can we for the weekend go along with this the fridge is full of the groceries the cars are full of gas the kids are safe and well I mean, there's it's there's five, five nothing o- we can do. There's about nothing it. we can do at five o'clock on Friday. There's nothing to be done. These even the solutions that you have are contrived and a long shot. Right. 
and not anything either one of us have any peace about, you know. Well, and I always feel like my lesson always was I wanted to take some of the burden off of Dean's shoulders and I would try and do these things. I had three little kids when we were probably our most financially strapped. And um, I would try and like sell things on, it was when eBay was really big deal. And that was a horrible full-time job. I mean, if you make any money on eBay, you earn every penny of it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't easy money. There was nothing easy about it. And I remember having this baby bedding or something that I was trying to sell and it people were bidding on it and they were about to get nothing for it and I remember just having this overwhelming feeling that God wanted me to just give it away to whoever got it just not worry about the amount of money it was mm-hmm. and let it go and I was like stressed about that because I was like this is the answer mm-hmm. you know this stupid baby that I'm gonna sell mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars like that's gonna change my life and I just felt like he was saying just give it away this he wasn't gonna let me fix it with these things so, you know that's the whole thing that I was just, one of the things I've learned through financial hardships in our lives is that he's not going to let me fix the problems with Mm -hmm. my little petty ideas. And he has so much more ability to bless us than my, you know, and I I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. He's not going to not bless me when I'm doing that, but he, it's so so much more important to him that I trust him Mm -hmm. with these big things, you know, more so than my character building by selling everything in my house. Right. Well, and I think there is that part of us when when our husbands are worried, <clears throat> and we're we're from I did that again, and I shouldn't do this, but trying to place what I've gone through. So what I have done in the past is thought Justin's super worried about this. I'm trusting God with it. But if there's anything that I can do that makes Justin think God is on his side, <laughs> I'm gonna help. Him I'll out. help him out. So I'm basically trying to be Jesus, right. and I'm a horrible Jesus. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. But um, I think that I I think by and large, which I guess we could Google this, that probably is one of the biggest worries that dominates financial stress, stress, dominates couples and puts them in a place of just absolute terror and, you know, where they end up not getting along. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know for sure it's probably the, what we've had the most fights about if we Mm -hmm. fight we don't fight ever but if we did it would probably be about that just because it's stressful yeah and and honestly dean and i are both middle children (laughs) which are i I always forget that he's not the oldest i know he seems like an older child but he's not he's the first born he's the first boy in his family so maybe that's why but and he just seems like a personality of an older child Mm -hmm. but he's not he's both we're both middle children and statistically or however you want to put it like we're supposed to be really bad with money. Middle children are like kind of spontaneous and mm. not big savers. And, and that is both of us. Like Dean really likes the best of things and we haven't always been able to afford it, which he's fine. He doesn't have to have them. But it's funny to me because I'm always like, I just remember that lie of telling myself, oh, we're never going to have any money because we're both middle children. And I read something oh, about. wow. Yeah, I know. What a shame. I know. And that is absolutely not true. I mean, Mm-mm. So I think that is the biggest thing <clears throat> when I when we were talked about doing the worrying wife and we, like we joked like we can talk about so many things because it's hard not to worry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to really live in a in a mindset of I, I'm not of this world and I, who do I belong to? And um 
one of the things I've been reading the book. I know you read um, "Switch on Your Brain" by oh, Karen, yeah. Dr. So Carolyn Leaf, and I haven't finished it yet. But one of the things she said that I just love, and I try and capture this, you know, anytime I, I'm worrying, is that um, one of the things she says is that there's no gray area. You are either listening to the Holy Spirit or you're listening to the enemy. Mm-hmm. So if you're worrying and you're believing that lie. You are not listening to the Holy Spirit. You're not. That is not truth. Anything that would make you anxious or depressed or argue with your husband is not truth, and it's not from God. Well, it's Beth Sheesbeth that says, um, "God is good. Satan, Satan is, is bad. bad. <laughs> There's yeah, so nothing what, else to it. So capture every thought. Yeah, and ask yourself. And you know, I don't even feel like I'm a big worrier. Like I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night and worry. I'm actually sleep pretty good. I kind of feel guilty about it because I know you don't. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping. Well, that's I, I was sleeping. I that's true. I do, but I, but it's not worry. And I would say this: I used to worry that I was worrying. Yeah, because you know it's a sin. Yeah, and then you worry about sin. that I was being faithless, and that I was going to be in trouble for worrying, and that did keep me up nights. Right now, I'm kept up nights from other stuff, but it's yeah. not worry. And actually, being able to separate that, and being able to say that to Justin too, which I've done. Because, like, um, the other day, I just couldn't stop crying. I was just sad. And um, for the, those of you that don't know, we had, we've had we just uh, lost a, a eight. We had a foster placement. We call her Joy Baby Online. But she was with us for nearly 19 months. And, and then she transitioned home. We were happy about that. And we were very happy for her family. But then they um, left the state. So that made it harder. Harder, yeah. Um, but I said to Justin, he was worried about me because I couldn't stop crying. And he said to me, um, you know, what can I do? You know, this, this, and he was just kind of fidgeting around me and stuff. And I went, here's the difference that this is what's different now. I'm not worried. I'm grieving. And And that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. This, this is the space that I'll, that I, and and, you know, I, I say this about grief. It's a celebration of a loss that is worth celebrating. I mean, it was, she was worth Knowing, loving, I'm happy that we still can pray for her and then, you know, pray for her family and encourage them. But I am sad. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And and I and worried about being sad. Well, this is how I spent my the better part of my life. I worried that sadness or anxiety or, you know, anything that I did counted against... Meant you were wrong. Meant I was wrong and meant I was in trouble. Right. Instead of even when I'm worried to this extent... Um, this going to God and going, I'm worried about this. This is stressing me out. You be my comfort. And then letting him do that. And I wasn't doing that. And that, I think, I think that's the mind change is that even going to him and confessing, which confessing is actually coming into agreement with him. I'm your daughter and you're going to provide for me. And I believe that this is what I'm struggling with right now. Will you help me right now with this? Yeah. I'm, I can't do it. I, I can't do you. this. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm caught up. In. That's where his... In, in our weakness, he is strong. Right. I mean, that's the whole... I know. And then I thought I was in trouble. I know. And and I think, you know, the whole idea that we are not approved of in his sight, it's like that, um, you know, God loves the sinner and hates the sin. Yeah, he hates sin. But that whole idea was that he was hate, hating my behavior. I still believe he loved me, but to not feel approved of by your parent, you think of your kids thinking that you're just sitting there disapproving of everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like love. No. That feels like performance-based, conditional 
right relationship and and i think with worry and being in a cycle of worry that then we even get to the point of and like i always talk about this with like xanax or an antidepressant that within certain circles we're told that that is wrong if your faith was better you, you wouldn't, wouldn't need, need that. that yeah and that makes me nuts you know i i've i have been in a place <laughs> of terror and worry that i couldn't get over and i and that's a chemical yeah oh yeah no it was i mean well even like my fear of flying which i've completely been set free from by no i mean i don't know if it's no explanation explanation, but you know and then i would think i was in trouble with him if i had to take something and um the way i like to explain it is that at one point he just really opened my eyes to the fact that this is what i'm giving you to help you with this Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that really all that causes us to do is run from him right because you need relief and Mm -hmm. it's painful and so you do what you need to do as a protection and then you are hiding from him i mean it's just like adam and eve in the garden it's like he knows exactly what you're doing you can't really run from him so instead of running to him in those times you are hiding and that's what that causes is that shame well my eyes were really open to that with um someone that i knew a long time ago that had and I, I just kind of stored this in my brain, but I remembered thinking she suffered from chronic migraines. And I um, remember her missing several days of work and school and then telling me the story of barely remembering her husband carrying her into the emergency room for the third time over the weekend and then finally admitting her because they could not get on top of this migraine. She wasn't even thrown up. She was in and out of consciousness. She was in so much pain. And um, she said, and all I could think was, God must be trying to show me something yeah he wants to show you that he wants to take care of you you know (coughs) sorry about that but yeah so i'll read the scripture we have for worrying today i love this there's actually quite a few scriptures about worrying and that we're not supposed to worry and and you know just reminding us who we are but i love this one and i'll tell you why after i read it but um First Peter 5, 6 through 8 says, Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. <clears throat> and I love so many things about this as far as it pertains to worry because I think when it starts out saying to humble yourself, that that's the beginning where you just say, it's not me. It's not in my hands. So that's the humility. I'm not in control. I mean, most of worry comes from us thinking that we can control a situation that we absolutely aren't controlling anyway. Right. So if you come to that place of humility that God, this and I think sometimes God has to put us in a place and we've talked about this before where you literally have there's nothing you can do. And sometimes when we're of controlling mindset um, and with certain things, I definitely am. He gets me to a place where there's like, there's nothing for you to control. There's mm-hmm. literally nothing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so you have to come to that place of humility where you're just like, this is not in my hands. It's completely out of my hands. And then it talks about how we're in God's hand and that he is going to lift us up in due time. So it goes to that humility and then the trust and the patience in him and knowing that his timing is perfect. So in due time, he's going to bring you to the place you need to be. And you don't need to worry about when that happens. Mm-hmm. And so resting in that. 
and then talks about casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you and just believing that he loves you and he wants good for you. So whatever you're seeing in the in reality, right, in the world and what you see in front of your eyes is not what is in actuality happening, right? You have to have the the eyes of faith that he cares for you and whatever it looks like in front of you is not if you believe you're in harm is not truth, right? Mm-hmm. And so believing that. And then to be alert and of sober mind because the enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that is so true of worry because he is whispering and he's there to devour your peace and your inheritance, which is a peace that surpasses understanding. And he can really just literally devour that. And so I love that verse and all that it encompasses in those in those few lines. Well, and I I truly believe it's one of his most the enemy's most clever tricks with women because he can just even the slightest things going wrong, um, or and it's just that little voice um, that's constantly picking at well your kids this or your husband's this or well what about this and you forgot this and mm-hmm. one more pound and one more lap around the block and you know constant that constant voice and it is a changing of our mind to believing the truth of what Jesus says about us and I, I really do um, my my greatest source of worry was whispers from the enemy it, he he fed that fire forever yeah and I there were several um, when I was researching this um, several quotes and things about worry and I think like I said before, there's so much, there's many other scriptures in the Bible about worry because I think it is something we deal with, and I think it is the enemy mm-hmm. speaking that. Over well, just us. if if Christ just came to give us peace, I mean, he came to give us, he just came to give us life and peace abundant, right? And that what would be the one thing he'd want to take yeah, from us? And, ad- and if you even just even go back to the Garden of, of Eden with Eve, what was his whisper? You could be more, right? And you can do this. You could be like God. Yeah. And then we're striving to do that. We try so hard to make that happen. And then we don't, of course, we fail at it. And then we count that among our failures and we worry about them. Yeah, and then we have shame for that, yeah. right? I, we need to take a break. Oh, already. For just, yeah, so I know, fast. it went so fast. But uh, we're going to take a real quick break and then we will come back and we're going to talk some more about it. Stacey has notes upon notes upon notes. You really. I know. I, was, I don't even have to worry. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> about, about what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. The Easy Wife with Jamie and Stacy is made possible in part by KGNZ Radio. For over 36 years and counting, KGNZ has been the place hundreds of thousands of West Texans have turned for life-changing music. Find KGNZ on air within an 80-mile radius of Abilene, Texas on 88.1 FM, in and around San Angelo at 90.9, and in Lubbock on 88.5. The station also covers Snyder and Graham Texas. Listen live online 24-7 at KGNZ.com or via the free KGNZ app. From Petra to Skillet, Stephen Curtis Chapman to Lecrae, Family Force 5 to Red. Focus on the family to 20 The Countdown Magazine. KGNZ is your local home for good news, great music. Now, back to The Easy Wife. And we're back. Hello. Hello. So we're talking about worry. So, yeah, I do have notes because, well, I mean, like we said, 
it's it's a daily thing. It's something I really have to get on top of, and I'm really trying to. Uh, we t- we mentioned Carol, Dr. Carolyn Leaf's book, Switch on Your Brain, and she really talks about this and how thoughts literally are. I mean, she talks about the neuroscience of it. Oh, it's no, it's amazing, so good. and I've it's listened all, to it twice. It's all <coughs> scripture based, and she just really emphasizes who we are in Christ and how scientifically, like thoughts are actual things that take up space in your brain. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she says is if you realize the damage negative thoughts do to your brain, they do actual damage to your brain, brain damage, Mm -hmm. you would never think another negative thought again. And so really training yourself and she talks about capturing your thoughts and really thinking about. And why would this is the thing when I read this, because I want to interject here when she I had to like rewind that and rewind that. Why would he say that if it wasn't true? Absolutely. And that's what I loved about the book is that she was like, he's, he said in his word that you can capture these thoughts and, and change, change them, them and that you can train your mind, renew your Re- mind. Renewing your mind. And yeah. she has scientific proof that you can do it. Yeah. I have a friend that posted something the other day about how someone else had said to her, I just don't worry. I've just figured out it solves nothing. It's not an efficient use of my creativity or my time. So I just choose not to worry. And she was like, what do you mean? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you do that? And, but it is absolutely possible. And I think that's a huge part of renewing our mind is like, what if it, I mean, you can either, I mean, like, Caroline Leaf said, you, you're believing one thing or another. So mm-hmm. are you believing the enemy or are you believing um, the Holy Spirit in you? And just taking the time to say, I'm not going to spend, it literally has no effect on the problem for you to worry about it. Mm-mm. It's just killing joy, killing peace, causing stress, causing conflict in your relationships, causing depression, causing anxiety. I mean, there's no good outcome from it. One of the quotes I found that I loved was by Ernest Hemingway that if something is wrong, fix it, but train yourself not to worry because worry fixes nothing. So yeah, if I can fix this, there's something I can do. I'll do it. If there's not, then I can't worry about it. Well, and I guess maybe that's the fine line. Again, like Justin coming to me and going, what can I do? What can I do? And I was just like, this is great. This is me grieving. This is just the place that I men do like to fix things. Right. But let's look at it from this point of view with our kids so something's going wrong with one of our how many kids do we have this week nine or something like that and we can sit down and go and talk about it right but if there's nothing that can be done what good does it do to just rehash it well yeah and i think (coughs) that sorry guys i keep coughing that um (coughs) it's hard with and i don't have adult kids like you do i have teens adult Semi-adult. Yeah, semi-adult children. I have teens, and so I'm I'm moving into this area, and we're going to talk, our next season, we're going to talk a lot about parenting. And I'm I'm reading, I'm reading, yes, it's very hard (coughs) to apply grace to parenting, because we are used to rule following and performance-based parenting. And threats. And threats, (laughs) and they work for a time. They do. And then you have adult kids, and they have to live on the foundation you've given them and they're going to make mistakes and make bad choices but there's nothing you can do about that there's not you that is such an exercise in trust and faith um, and believing and believing 
that Jesus God will be Jesus. And he loves them more than you do. I know, which I find fascinating, but it is true. And it it is a source, I think, so we have finances than our kids as far as worry goes. Oh, yeah. And waking up, you know, in the middle of the night thinking, and, you know, even like this weekend, John is our, our Marine, has been at um, the School of Infantry, and we were told that we would get to hear from him on weekends, possibly the second weekend. And there's a Facebook page, and um, uh, it was put on the Facebook page that Kilo Company was not getting uh, Liberty, and that we weren't hearing from him. And I texted John's girlfriend and said, hey, they don't have their phones, and she and I both cried. We were sad, you know? Yeah. We wanted to hear from him. But I wasn't worried. And I think that that's the biggest separation for me that I see with so many women is that they're confusing these emotions and then adding to the emotion of thinking that they're faithless because they're sad. Right. And stewing over something. And I think that there's room to, to stew when you're, when you're literally just having that conversation with Jesus. You know, I'm, I know he's with you. I know that Jesus is with John. I know that that's who he calls on when he's in trouble. I want to hear from him. But I'm not worried. And that's outstanding because you can look at my hand. I have a scar in the center of my hand from years of praying rosaries, um, specifically for John, because the enemy whispered terrors to me about him. And, you know, I spent his entire childhood terrified and worried for him. Well, and here's the other thing that ties into that, I believe, is that we have a worry about something and we pray about it and then I would worry that God was going to not answer that prayer and so it just caused this cycle of untrust with him instead of believing he was good no matter what happened and that he wasn't going to teach me a lesson by taking one of my kids away you know Mm. I know things that That he doesn't kill he's not doesn't take away yeah yeah so yeah, I feel like this whole, the the grace, the message of grace to me is just this eye-opening thing of how I can trust him with everything. And it's true trust. And that create that's that's where love comes from. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't love without trust. And I did not trust him. I, I, I was, I always was, I just never knew if it was enough. I never knew if I was doing enough to make him happy. Well, then we, you know, we say that as far as making things up <laughs> to worry about, oh, yeah, you know, just and I creating. always yeah, creating more and more what and if? more. No, you were really good at that. I remember, I was getting, <laughs> I remember I a, getting text yeah. from you and what if it's like, wow, this could really go on forever <laughs> if we play this game. Yeah, we can play it if you want. We it can. might be fun. We might just start making some- which actually is interesting because you know I hate hypotheticals, and my oldest daughter was the worst at those. <laughs> just be, and I had them in. Um, this is actually probably very relevant to to when I first started wrestling with the truth of grace was when I was doing my graduate work, and this I had one professor in particular that loved hypotheticals, and she did the hypothetical where she wrote it on the board, and then she'd have us debate it. And it was, your daughter's dying. And Maggie was in class with me because Maggie went to graduate school with me. Yeah. She'd just sit there and drink soup and um, out of her door, explore the thermos and color. And this, she's, she actually said, so Maggie's dying. And Maggie never looked up from her coloring book. And she said, and all the pharmacies are closed and you have no money. Do you break in and steal the 
medication. And I remember thinking, that's so stupid. Like, not because I, I don't know that I would do that or that I wouldn't do that, but am I a believer or am I not a believer? And would I be led to do that if that was the solution? Possibly. But I'm not in that situation, so why would I make something up? And this teacher was furious with me. But Maggie was like two years old, and it's really funny because she always did these hypotheticals. There's no way that Maggie remembered these. But she grew up a hypothetical, and so just all of a sudden when they'd be driving, <laughs> she's like, yeah, <laughs> she'd be like, what if we were driving down the road and you saw a little black baby on the side of the road that was naked, and would we pick it up and take it with us, and then could we keep it? I'd be like, what? <laughs> but she, she just would come up with these, and she wanted a yes or no answer. So right. I'd say, yes, sure. What would Absolutely. we name it? <laughs> it was always these outlandish things. What if we got a blown out tire and then somebody came up and tried to stab you what would you do (laughs) like I can't think like this but it's interesting because now I look back on it as it was kind of a spirit of worry yeah and she wanted some kind of confirmation yeah and I'm sure she never thought of that but that is such especially we're creative people and I know that that was one of my biggest struggles is I mean the stuff that goes on in my head well, and I think we've had this conversation before. I mean, I have to do these exercises with myself, too, is that I have to just say, okay, what is the absolute worst thing that can happen in this scenario? Mm-hmm. Like, right now, I'm worried and I'm stressed. And so, worst case scenario, what can happen? And then I think about it, and I'm like, okay. And in the end, I Christ is in me, and I belong to Him. Worst case scenario, I die, go mm-hmm. to heaven, or my... You know, you can go through that scenarios and then that kind of talks me off the cliff that I'm on, you know, where I'm like, okay, seriously, like, what is the worst thing that can happen? And he continually is taking care of us and has always stepped in, you know, so, yeah. I think it just goes back to that. What what do I see in front of me, and what is true, mm-hmm. right? Well, and in, in, in our next episode, we are going to we are going to talk about speaking life, and I th- I think that that's very important. And we do. I actually did get an email just yesterday about one of my blog posts, and the lady said, "I'm so broken," and I, how do you do it? How do you change your mind? But he says we can. He says that he he promised that you know it's a renewing of our minds, and I I'm I'm more convicted of this than ever. These things that he said that were f- the new covenant, the new truth. These are the things that we are invited to, and these are the powers that are within us to overcome these stresses and these worries and these fears. And we need to live like we believe it oh, instead yeah. of. Well, you know, that's my pet peeve. And there's actually um, an author that I was following on Facebook, and I won't name names, but I was so arced with her because she's got a huge following, huge Christian um, platform. And it started out, you know, it was like rant warning. I am horrified and terrified for the future of the United States. And she just went on this tirade about how Trump was ruining everyone's lives and her kids didn't have a future and just on and on and on and on. And I was like, what are you doing? Why would you you belong to? Who do you belong to? Who cares what Trump's doing? Who cares what happens to our insurance? Who cares if Christ died and he reigns in us? That, and especially when we have a platform, I don't care. Take me out on rails, whatever. The truth is, is that Jesus Christ died and rose again so that we could live in abundance. That is a huge pet peeve of mine anyway. I'm like, have you ever read a history book? Do you really think this is the this scariest is the thing? Scariest. Well, what was the show you said you guys were watching the other day that you were like, yeah, things aren't that bad? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, oh, 
The Viking one? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't even watch that commercial. I, I can't believe you I watched that show. during that time, I just want to die as soon as possible. <laughs> There's know, nothing right? good happening then. And that is... That's just one of the periods of history that were horrific. Like, right. this is not the worst time no, of our lives. And, and God has already conquered the world. He's already conquered. So it's, you know, we just have to live in that truth. You can't be, you cannot be looking around with your fleshly eyes. You have to be looking with your spiritual eyes and believe truth and speak it. And I know that's what we're talking about next, but. It, well, but that's it part of we can get to, but it is part of worrying, and it's the reason that we want to speak that because we can take down our entire families. I think, um, and I hate to be in the mindset that you know we are completely and utterly in charge of our family's faith. I never want to say that because I believe that. Uh, what is it from my big fat Greek wedding? And the woman says, the mother says, the man is the head of the household, but the woman is the neck. Yeah. <laughs> and it is true. I mean, I have friends that, uh, and I was one of them, so I'm not saying it just like, oh, I have all these hysterical friends, but I, I, I was a hysterical wife and it impacted my family. Out of one side of my mouth, I was like, Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Jesus is good. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, and it's, it's no, a and it, horrible and, way and to live. And they recognize so much of that. I mean, they're so intuitive to it. I know. And the thing is, is that God reigns and he knows all of that about us. And he is in charge of their hearts and their salvation, just as he is with ours. So, again, we can't worry about that. But um, but it is you do feel a responsibility. It's the same thing. It's like, if I'm not worrying about that, am I being irresponsible? Am I not doing anything? And so that's, yeah, and I, and I think that's important with our husbands. We can talk about this, but are we talking about a solution or are we just rehashing the problem? Because if we're just rehashing the problem, let's have a glass of wine and go watch the sunset. Right. And, and rest in this. And I don't think I ever did that, no. ever. And I've been doing it. And it's much better. It is much better. And I noticed, um, I think it was yesterday, and mom and dad were in town, and we were about to go up to your house, and I walked outside, and, you know, the pool was perfectly clear, and the yard was lovely, and there was tricycles everywhere and everything, and I just thought, I don't want to spend, I, I actually want to grieve. I'm not, that. I want to have this time where I am just... It's okay to let loose and cry and miss this little girl and miss the relationship I had with her mom. I want that. I'm fine with that. But it's not a state of worry. It's literally stopping and smelling the roses. Right. And I did stop and smell the roses. And yeah, they're covered in, in the bees. moment. But it is being in the moment. And we're, we're robbed of that, which is peace and life abundant. And I, th- I think we say life abundant and people go, oh, they're talking about, you know, the prosperity gospel. Well, yeah, if I'm not worrying, guess what I'm doing? Prospering. <laughs> That's right. I am at peace, and to be at peace and to have that is so delightful. And he promised us that. Yeah. I mean, it's back to, do we believe that he's, I mean, Jesus spoke and said, I'm going to give you a peace that is not the same peace the world gives you. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding, and that is free of worry. Mm -hmm. And that was a promise. And do we believe it or not? And and all we need to get it is to believe it. I mean, yeah. we have to receive that. That's yeah. what that's the doing that we have to do. So there is an action involved. We have to believe there it. There is an action involved. And I think that this is actually, I know we've talked about this before, but this is the, the yoga thing that I think happens with people that practice 
really focusing spirituality, spir- spirituality, but focusing on the good instead of the bad. Right. And you see that being manifested in them. And if it you're works. Foc- yeah. <laughs> but if you're focused wholly on Jesus Christ, and when I, we were dealing with something the other day with one of our kids and a concern about something that was going on. And I went to bed and I was kind of, to- I wasn't kind of, I was starting to worry. And I just went, you know what, Jesus, I, I am, I need to get some sleep. I'm tired. I'm worn out. And so I, and I, I went to bed saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I fell asleep and he is the answer. And maybe it's silly. What was the, the last Star Wars? I know we've said this before too, where the, the blind Jedi is walking through the battlefield and all the shooting and everything. And he's, I'm one with the force, the forces in me. I'm one with the force, the forces in me. And Sometimes that's all we got. It's all we got. I'm one with Jesus, and He is in me. And I say it over and over again. It was funny because when John was going through boot camp, and after he got home, he said, I had told him that I wanted his chant to be, I walk in the favor of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I did that some of the time, Mom, but he said some of the time I really did. He said it just, for whatever reason, had stuck in my, man, my mind. I'm one with the force, the forces in me. And he said, and of course I meant Jesus. Not, not being a Jedi. Yeah. Although not, I know he likes Star He kind of thinks he might. <laughs> he might be a Jedi. He's a Marine. But um, that that thought process, and that's ca- that is taking every cap- thought, thought captive, captive and renewing your mind. And if instead, which this will lead into our next Speak Life Wife, which we're, we're going to wrap up now, but is the truth of ca- taking that thought. How do you do that? I always wondered that. How do I do that? And if your entire focus is on Jesus, yeah, then it's in the right place. Then it's in the right place. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love it. Why don't you close us out with our scripture for today, and then um, next time we'll come back with Speak Life Wife. So, First Peter five six through eight: Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Awesome word. And thank you so much, Stacy. And we will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye.